Welcome to PageCast at Kingsmead College Book Fair, proudly brought to you by Jonathan Ball Publishers. I'm Nicola, and I have the pleasure of chatting with Jared Thompson regarding the Institute of Creative Dying and their story surrounding getting into literature and writing. Jared Thompson is a literary and cultural studies researcher and educator and works as a lecturer in the English department at the University of Pretoria. Welcome, Jared, and thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Nicola. It's lovely to be here. At your first book festival. First enjoying book fair. it yes it's it's hustling and bustling and there's a lot of interesting topics being you know spoken about and mm. yeah it's very stimulating mm. for an author when you uh, were growing up did you come to book festivals did you read a lot of yeah i mean obviously it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't come to book festivals but definitely read a lot um especially in the school holidays uh, my parents kind of enforced like reading time during the school holidays and then it sort of just kind of stuck with me just reading especially reading things that I enjoyed. So things like a series of unfortunate events, the sorcerer's apprentice, because obviously I think at that age your your imagination is quite active. So fantasy usually draws yeah. a lot of people and that's fantasy and sort of quirky fiction. That's what really was my my forte and what I was drawn to. Yeah. And did that inspire your debut novel? Um, I think the quirky and the weird, definitely. I think I am someone that's drawn to horror, but also the weird and the eerie, um, things that are both kind of macabre, but also interesting and disturbing in some kind of way and what that says about just the human condition. Um, so I think that's what drew me to this idea for a short story. Mm. Well, not for a short story, but it's for... not very short. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> for the novel, this idea of... um a place, you know, where people suffering from terminal or chronic illnesses can go to experiment with their bodies and to try alternative therapies and to see, you know, how they react and what what comes up for them when they think back on their lives and mm. where where their lives are going to. Mm. Yeah. What's the Institute for Creative Dying about? So it is about five strangers, um, each of them suffering with their own kind of terminal and chronic disease. And they're invited to this kind of retreat center by two facilitators, the mortician and Mustafa, who promise them to offer a different perspective on their mortality, on their relationships to one another, but most of all, their relationship to the natural world, their relationships to the, the process in the natural world that have to do with their own mortality, basically. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And the reception of the book? Um, it has been, I think it's been quite positive, or maybe I'm just an optimist and I try to only look for the positives. Yeah. Um, I have, I have received pe- people saying that, um, some scenes are very macabre or some scenes are very, um, grotesque. But I think it's, it's to do with the kind of topic that I'm talking about. I don't shy away from the body, from decay, mm. from all kinds of decay, both in the human body, but also in the natural world. So I think it's just part of my style of writing. But I think other people have come to me at book launches and signings, just sharing their own stories about mourning people who have died or, or actually sort of being there for someone who has gone through the dying process and how that has worked on them emotionally. And it's part of what the book is about, um, especially in terms of the mortician and Mustafa, these two characters who are who facilitate this dying process and how them traveling with these five characters also changes them, changes their relationship. So I've, I've had a lot of 
those kind of experiences being shared, which is nice because it, it goes to show that, you know, yes, death is this universal experience, but it's so individual and so specific to to everyone, right? And that's the, the interesting but thing. But it's, it's the one thing that's certain, right? Like it's, mm. So we need to speak more about it. And yeah. We need to normalize speaking about it yeah. and, and normalize assisting each other to go through these these processes yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah in my in my research um for the book there was a lot of what i've realized is that there is a lot of taboo around well let's talk about all you know with your elders how do you want to die like mm-hmm. you know how do you want uh, your funeral to be mm-hmm. had do you want to be cremated like let's let's open up this conversation and let's talk about it but i also realized the kind of you could say monopoly that the death industry has like you have to be buried in a cemetery or in a in a in a in a, in a coffin which mm. are usually quite expensive so there's this like new sort of death positive movement that's trying to bring up these kind of conversations anew um you get things like death cafes where people just they just go and commune in a space and they just talk about all kinds of things related to death mm. um and recently there's this move to be more environmentally friendly with the way that we bury our, our dead. So there's this new recompost movement that that is works to turn bodies into compost again and to and to actually plant trees and stuff. Your body can actually go towards, you know, starting a forest, which I think is these yeah. beautiful kind of alternative things that I was interested in exploring as well. Plant me and make me a tree. You know, I always I always say that when people ask me, how do you yeah. want to die? Like, I really want to just plant a tree on top of me. Is that how you fine. want? Is that, yes, yeah. I think definitely yeah. that's how I want, for now at least. Yeah, yeah. for now. Yeah. Before something else miraculous. You know, yeah, before they figure out some other way. I don't know, turn me into an insect or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Let's wind it back. What sparked the idea for this concept? Um, I think it, it definitely had to do with my own life experience, um, being queer and growing up as, as a queer person. Um, and you, you're told, you know, your life is not going to be productive. First of all, you won't produce kids or, or you'll get disease and you'll die. So I think queerness has always been kind of denigrated and associated with death. And so I think it's, it's been a constant traveler with me and me writing the story was kind of taking that on and, and trying to see how, how death is is a, a product of life. It's a, it's a companion to life. Um, and then other part of it was me kind of going through my own spiritual journey, sort of like falling out of uh, my Catholic faith and exploring sort of Eastern philosophies of Buddhism and Hinduism and having them influence me, um, especially in my relationship to the natural world, my relationship to my own body mm-hmm. and how how do we deal with sort of like desire, suffering, these things that are constants in our lives? So all of these things were kind of like percolating mm. in my mind when I was writing. It's it's such an important book. It really is. It's 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 a standout because nothing like it's been written before. Your experience as a literary and uh, cultural studies researcher, how do you think? Obviously, you don't know any different, but how do you think that kind of influenced the way that you tell stories and inform mm. of storytelling? I think. I think it has exposed me to a lot of different writers, just like coming through the different academic courses. But I think also part of sort of your training is like in literary theory and in different like philosophical ideas. And I think my writing is inspired by philosophical ideas that I encounter. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's an interesting idea. How does it translate into a story? And and I, I experienced that 
as well in writing this book in terms of, oh, you know, these Buddhist Zen ideas are also kind of interesting, but how does it relate to the real life? When, mm-hmm. What the real life pressures and when desire disrupts this, uh, the, your mindset of trying to be Zen and detach from life, but you can't really detach from life, right? There's always these attachments kind of intruding. So I think it's, it's helped me in the kind of background conceptual thinking of how do I build a character, what are characters like, mm-hmm. what are the kind of like um, attachments that these characters have, the fantasies they have, and, and maybe even at some point um, being inspired by like psychoanalytic theories like the ego and the id, like those kind of things that, that just help you get a deeper sense, not only of yourself, but of the characters that you're writing. Mm, mm. Um, I think that it's, it's enriched my, my understanding of mm. character, I think. Mm, yeah, definitely. Some tips and strategies for anyone wanting to kind of embark on a similar journey, not necessarily with regards to the same topic, but just mm. wanting to write and they don't necessarily have the confidence to do so. They might have, you know, the talent to do so, but what tips, strategies, techniques? I would say it's always helpful to find a community of writers, whether that's just a small group of friends or, or someone that you trust. Um, they could be a trusted reader or a trusted writer friend and to share your work with them. But it needs to be the kind of relationship where your you're willing to receive critique from this person. You can't just be like your friend saying, oh, wow, wow, this story is amazing. Like you're the best writer ever. They need, it needs to be an honest and authentic relationship that's actually going to build, you're going to build each other up constructively. Like, oh, I don't know if this character's decision is, is realistic here. Why did you, why did you choose that? Someone that's going to really challenge you in a constructive way. That's one that you could look to. And then research, like if you pick a, particular topic really research that topic what what are the things about for example love what are the things about love that you're really interested is it platonic love that you're interested in what research and read essays on it and see are there lines that other writers have written about that that stick with you and contemplating why why does this ring true for you in your own life experience so background reading is really quite enriching for whatever topic you want to embark on. Mm, yeah. Very important. Yeah. Anything else that you're working on at the moment? Or are you always constantly working on something? <laughs> I'm currently working on my PhD and it's on it's on representations of happiness and good feeling in South African literary culture. So I'm looking at comedic performances, I'm looking at short story collections and some films uh, post-2010 just to kind of get a sense of how has our idea or our representations of happiness changed changed if they have if they have changed what does that say about where we are just as collectively as like a culture because i'm very interested in how like we can look at texts and draw these kind of conclusions about general feelings in a in a culture in a nation and how texts can map onto those things Phenomenal. Well, all the best for the the rest of your PhD, Uh, Dr. Thompson, soon. (laughs) soon. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me, Jared. Really, the Institute for Creative Dying is available in all good bookstores and online, so go out and get your copy. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nicola. 